please make sure you go over to YouTube, subscribe, or you can always find us on any of the podcast platforms, and that's Fostering Change. Well, you know what? It's hard to believe that we have another episode of Fostering Change. You know, um, the year's almost over, and I can tell you that it has been what a crazy year. You know, to be voted the number one podcast in foster care and adoption for the third year in a row. Um, I keep saying it all the time. It's my producers, and it's the amazing guests that I have. And my next guest, I am so, so excited about. You know, I actually saw my next guest on America's Got Talent. Um, anybody know who knows the Shears? They know that is our favorite favorite show. Um, we have watched it for many, 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 many years. But then when I saw that my next guest, Zion, on the show, I just was overwhelmed. And I immediately reached out to my producers and I said, I have him on our podcast. And sure enough, ladies and gentlemen, I want everyone, please meet Zion Clark. Zion, welcome to Fostering Change. Uh Buddy, let me tell hey, you what's up, man. How you doing? Uh, I, I'm 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 a little bit fan um, crazy right now over you. So um, <laughs> I, I'm telling you something. I I read your book. Um, absolutely unbelievable what you do. Unbelievable. You know, one of the things that I I will say that has not been able to leave my mind is you made a quote and you said you do not have to have feet to make footprints. Yeah, come? man, absolutely. I, I just, you know, it's just, uh, it's just a thing, you know, it's uh, something that's, it's real short and sweet, but it's like, it's power rings throughout, just throughout the land, you know, and it's a thing that, you know, just no matter your, who you are, where you come from, what your predicament is, you, your, your level of impact can just reach anywhere and your, your footprint or your legacy can leave a mark for the rest of time. Yeah, you know, it's something I say all the time son, to my kids is that your legacy is about what you give and not about what you take. Um, and, yeah. and I see that as I read your book and, you know, as I have been following you, you know, one of the things I want our listeners to know about is is I, I'd like to start from the beginning. I mean, here you're, you know, you you actually were in the foster care system, um, you know, the, you know, let's talk about that. The fact is, is as a little boy, um, do you consider yourself with a disability? No, not really. You know, even as a kid, man, you know, you know, kids, I used to play football in the street with a helmet on, on the concrete with like the other kids around the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, they, they, you know, if I wanted to do something, I figured it out. If I wanted to ride a bike, I figured it out. If I wanted to do something, I just figured it out. You know, and it's one of those things where, you know, yeah, I have a disability. Yeah, I was different, but you know, different is di di being different is, is circumstantial. You know, you can be different and you know not have any sort of di disability. You can be, you can be equal or more greater than somebody with a disability. You know, and it's it's just how you see it, how you perceive things. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you on that. You know, I, I tell people all the time, it's like the system, you know, don't blame the system, help me change the system, you know, yeah. and, you know, and I and that's something I see you are doing that work, that you're really trying to get people to understand, you know, our system is truly shattered, as you know that, you know, I have a really quick question. And I asked this question, because my son asked me to ask you this, what did it feel like when you got on the, um, you know, America's Got Talent? Ah, man, it was fun. You know, it's, uh, it's a cool time. It's something fun to do. You know, uh, I don't think the most of the world knew I could rip on a drum set like that. So, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I've been I've been rocking like that since I was three years old. And people don't understand that. Like, 
Yeah, I just never, sometimes it just takes an opportunity to show what kind of skill you have to be put on that world stage. Yeah, yeah. You know, the fact is, is that you spend so much of your time as a motivational speaker going all over the country, all over the world, um, and, you know, really motivating people to really, as I say, live their dream. Um, what got you started in doing that? Uh, man, I was in college, you know, I was uh, at Kent State, and, you know, I was like in the height of my wrestling career there at the school, and you know, it was one of those things where I was in class, you know, I was partying every weekend, you know, typical college frat boy student. So, you know, I was just like living my life. Next thing you know, I'm in class and athletic, athletic director pulls me out of class. I'm thinking like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and, um, you know, like usually if you're in college and an AD pulls you out of class, like it's really not, it's not good. So I'm like sitting in his office and he sets down these big sack of papers and I end up reading like, like at least 50 to 100 letters all these kids from syria and at the time the war was like the war was reaching its climax and a lot of these kids were escaping their families being sent out to the united states and in akron ohio there was one of the makes one of those makeshift schools set up akron's only about 20 30 minutes away from where i was at one college and um they wrote all these letters and you know it kind of it kind of moved, moved not even kind of it did move me and um you know, I ended up ended up going to this school. All these kids, they had lost their families. They had lost their siblings. Their families had been blown up, killed right in front of them. Like, and the only way their family line was survive of them being sent over here. And so they had watched my document Netflix documentary, and they all wrote me letters, drew me pictures. And, and mind you, in college I was broke, so like I had no money whatsoever. I had like just enough for my my food stipends. <laughs> And so, like, I was an athletic director. I was like, hey, man. I was like, I have no money. Like, I have nothing. You know, only thing I have is my skill and my voice. What can I do? And next thing you know, I was talking in front of, like, 50 to 100 kids. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just previously failed public speaking. And so, like, <laughs> you know, I was real nervous. But next thing you know, like, I killed it. It was fun. It was an incredible, it was an incredible experience. And ever since then, man, I've blown it up to now I'm on the world's biggest stages. Yeah. And it's great. It's great. You know, as a public speaker, um, I always laugh. I was a banker for 28 years. So I never in a million years thought yeah. I'd ever stand up on a stage and be a public speaker. And now that I do that for a living, um, it's almost not like a job. You know, it's literally... no, dude, it's so fun. It's fun. You know, <laughs> I know. it's like, you know, um, you know, one of the things and I know we have our, our time is very short. I know you're you're really busy. And I just want to thank you so much for getting on and, you know, being able to, to speak to meet you. Um, I, I know that you and I are going to do some things, you know, in the future, but, you know, your book work what you got. Um, I will have to tell you, everybody, you know, I'm trying to hold it here on my screen so you can see it. As you can tell, um, I got some tabs in here. Um, anybody who has watched my podcast for the last five years, they know the book comes on and it's got tabs. It's one of my favorites. Um, it definitely is going to be on that shelf. Listen, um, listening to the kids that we have in our system right now. And I hear you talk about you go to college and we know the fact that only 3% of kids in foster care will actually graduate from college. Um, what do you think we need to do? What do we need to change, my friend? I think we need to set up systems to really help these kids get a stable grip on life. You know, like there are certain different programs that each foster care system has, but I'm me personally, like they don't always work. So I'm thinking that, like, for for instance, like having more access to healthcare, having better access to 
uh, psychological care and like therapists and mental health and everything to help these kids feel comfortable in their home setting. And on top of that, evaluate the homes, you know, of like not just once a month, maybe like especially for a new family, check up for the first six months of the first six months of the stay, even damn near the first year, the first whole year that they're there, check up twice a month, three times a month just to be like, hey, everything's okay. You feeling comfortable? And don't have the parents there when they're asking, when they ask those questions. Because me as a kid, when my foster parent was there and I was asked, hey, how are things going? I could, I was, I was terrified to say the real answer. Yeah. Because like, uh, there was the threat of getting my ass beat, you know? And I just didn't, I just didn't want that. Uh, so like, I want these kids to feel like they're in a safe, comfortable setting where they can express themselves. And that's, the, that's, like further that's foremost the number one and most important thing let them be able to express themselves because at the end of the day kids aren't born corrupt we corrupt kids that's you know, exactly the world right. corrupts kids that's and exactly so we right. need and, and so we need to like line up stick line up systems so that these kids are comfortable they're getting the help they need and if they're not getting into homes make sure that they're still able to have the type of skills they need so even if they don't get adopted that they can still go out and go out in the world and live uh fulfilling lives yeah i agree i you know everything you hit the nail on the head my friend you really did i agree with you i feel there's no accountability within our system you know we put a child in a total stranger's home thinking that stranger is going to take care of them and you and i both yeah. know we both have come from those type of homes where we're we're i always felt like it was going to be worse going somewhere else so why not be there in the hell that i was in at that point you know and so um yeah. And so many kids feel that way. Well, listen, Zion, I will tell you, I can't thank you enough, my friend, for taking time out, pulling over on the side of the road, jumping on Fostering Change. Listen, everybody, the book the book is Work What You Got. Um, do me a big favor. Um, I may have the link here for you to be able to get it. Um, go over. Um, if you have not watched Zion's um, YouTube video on Netflix, I mean, Netflix video, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I'm going to have a link there, Zion, for people to do it. And once again, um, thank you, my friend, for being a good human. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. Same to you, man. Listen, we're the people that are going to change this thing. So You better believe yeah. it. We'll do it together, my friend. You take care. You too, man.